Welcome into TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football. We keep that week one feeling going all year long. I'm Big Travi. I'm joined here by one of my best friends, Johnny Game Time Hicks. Sending a big we miss you to Austin Sear, who will be back with us uh, probably this week. I would imagine so. I I don't read the emails, so I I don't really know. No, just kidding. No one. Uh, And we gotta say, yeah, exactly. Gotta say what's up to Whisper Nation in the chat. We love you, Mike, Albert, all the guys in here. Uh, We've got Jersey Jay. Everybody gonna be mocking with us. And of course, if you love fantasy football and want to join a community where you know you belong, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We're trying to get just one more subscriber on that stream, baby. Just one more could be you. And if you're new, let us know where you're streaming from. We'd love to shout you out. As has been the case for the last few weeks, we've got another monster special epic guest on the show today. Our guy, Ian Harditz from Pro Football Focus. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. What is going on, Ian? Great day to be great, fellas. Good to be back and uh, get a little sleeper market. I've been doing most of my work to this point over at Underdog, so it be good to have more of a redraft field of things. I'm hoping we can go through a whole episode without talking about Week 17 correlation <laughs> and all this nonsense. Uh, yeah, guys, let's do it. Uh, I didn't tell you this is actually a best ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you, Ian. Uh, we appreciate you being on here. Yeah, we, we've been sticking to the redraft stuff. We've done a couple bit of underdog, so we love underdog as well. If you guys want to hit that promo code TFW for up to $100 in matched money, underdog is an excellent way to be jamming your, you know, scratching that fantasy football itch right now in the middle of this summer. But before we jump into this draft, which we've got a full room, we're excited. We know the chat is excited as well. Ian, we've had... Yeah, they are all yeah. over right now. Yeah. They're in it. Uh, yeah, they got to get a little bit wild here. I, I poured my tequila. I know Ian's got a beer over there. We're going to get into this. We're good. We got the gloves on. But, uh, Ian, second time on the show, but we, we haven't really got to ask you some of our rapid-fire questions just to get to know you a little bit, so we're going to jump into those if you don't mind. Cool. Do you root for your NFL team or your fantasy team more? Uh, NFL team still the Cowboys I'll say this though I was born in 93 I've seen like two freaking playoff wins so I'm the miserable Cowboy <laughs> fan not the entitled Cowboy fan yeah exactly you're not the one breaking the TV you're just want- wishing you could yeah. wait did you cry did you cry uh, like a lot of the other Cowboys fans uh, during their playoff loss this year no that was oh man that, that, I, I bet in the 49ers, like, I thought they would win the whole time. I have to be objective in my job, obviously, but, like, they always find a way to make you think they have a chance to win these games before they just get, uh, you know, completely just find a new way how to lose, lose usually to Aaron freaking Rodgers. Uh, the Des Cotic game, I kicked no. the table. I was sitting at so freaking hard. But once that game happened, I feel like, you know, like, I had that happen, and I, I saw my house State Buckeyes get, like, shut out by Clemson. It wasn't too long afterwards. Like, once I just had those two stomach punches like i feel like i'm just immune to it all now yeah you're you've, you've built it. up the callus how about your least favorite fantasy football player of all time least fit just any kicker to ever exist <laughs> probably like i i would say man don't hate the player hate the adp and just it's weird i i went separate categories of bust because like you know when um people were calling like rashad penny still call him like a bust like he's just been hurt the dude's been sick every time he's out there uh yeah just we could do a better job talking about these players because at the end of the day they're all these top one percent football guys in the right. world and you know sometimes the off the field stuff like we get guys that party lumped into the same group as guys that are true pieces of shit so yeah, I, w- I would just say overall kickers. Like, just get them out of everything. And, like, look, sh- uh, shout out Scott Fishbowl. I love Scott Fish. I love everything yeah. uh, this does. Yeah. Like, again, SFB12, awesome stuff. 
kickers in a flex should be illegal, guys. Like, what are we doing here? We're rewarding, like, the freaking worst part of football with actual flex treatment. I, I just couldn't be. I know. Especially when we've only got, like, two kickers in the league that got swag. You know what I mean? Like, only a couple of them actually come through with swag. I like Hey, well, maybe no, he's trying hey, to Evan, get the Evan McPherson up. coming out there saying, "Hey, we're going to the AFC Championship like that or the yeah. Super Bowl." That was he awesome. Kicks so. the ball like he's. A I know, player. I know, I agree, I agree with you there. Uh, favorite fantasy football player of all time? I'll go Ladanian Tomlinson. You yeah, know, I, love that. I, I had I had the powder blue Tomlinson jersey as a kid. I'm every backyard touchdown had to do his little swaggy uh, ball flip. I want to say my first ever first ever fantasy league. I joined my dad like like I think a lot of people uh, do and won the first year with LT as the 101. So how can you not love the guy? I love it. What's a sound or noise you love? Huh? A sound, a sound or a noise oh, you pads, love? Pads popping, baby. There we go. Yeah, okay. there we go. Big Ten like football, it. 20 degrees outside. No. no wonder you got. they didn't have to convince you to cover USFL this year. You're just all <laughs> about it, dude. You love it. Um, favorite swear word? Fuck. Yeah, that's yeah. undefeated. It's Pretty a good great. one. Uh, what are the most leagues you played in at one time? Uh, last year, Dynasty, like once I had to set rosters in for every week, I think I was at 15. Hmm. That was a lot. Not not trying <laughs> to do more than that anymore. Yeah. Said yes uh, too many times. And, yeah, I actually had the uh, – it was funny. Shout out to uh, Dave Kluge over at Football Guys. Uh, yeah, I, 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 Boy. Uh, <laughs> not trying to show it here. I beat him week one forgetting I was in, like, the A.J. Dillon sleeper league. I just forgot. I was in a bunch of leagues, and I saw, like, an <laughs> ad from him, like, in week one. He's like, man, like, lost to iHeart. It's like starting Will Fuller on a suspension or whatever. Like, that's a oh, new Oh, brutal. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, that, that was just mind games, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Mess with it. Uh, all right. Kickoffs in two minutes. You're still deciding your flex. Are you going to go with the rankings you post on PFF? Not trying to get you in trouble with the, with the mothership here. Are you going to go with your rankings or are you trusting your gut? I'm just going to – I try to go by the rankings, but they're always, you know, a work in progress. I don't have them uploaded in this or anything, so we're going gut. This is Superflex? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. ooh. Yeah, I had to, I had to look at that. We told you. <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah, the ADP looks like it's for non-super flex, but that's going yeah. to separate some of the uh, men from the boys out here. Right, Let's go. right, exactly. All right, and then your favorite position so far to draft from this year? Maybe where I'm in. I, I didn't even realize we were super flex, but I think 1-4, you're walking away with one of McCaffrey. You're walking away with one of McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, or Justin Jefferson. And, like, I just – there's nothing wrong with any of those guys. Like, I – I think Jamar Chase, you could say, is in that tier as well. But there is probably going to be a good 30-target difference between, like, him and what Jefferson and Cup are working mm -hmm. with. I I go back and forth with uh, CMC and Jonathan Taylor by the day with the one-on-one. Because I, was, I, was, uh, I wanted to be McCaffrey before free agency in the draft. And they didn't do a single thing to upgrade the QB room. So I was like, all right, let's go with Jonathan Taylor. Just don't lose it at one-on-one. His floor is higher. But to their credit, they upgraded. Baker Mayfield yeah. is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. So let's go. I'm, I'm going to put some more thought into it, but I think I'm ready to go back to uh, CMC 101. You could argue who always should have been, but you know what? Like, this, this is what fantasy ends up being. We talk about, like, oh, do you have this guy five versus six? When in reality, you know, it's once we get into the middle later rounds, so I think really make a difference. Yep. I love it. Love the breakdown here. All right. Well, if everybody's good with it, let's get this thing started. Let's man. go. Hell yeah. All right. There we go. Got to add the. And we're good to the go. stream. Yeah. There we go. All right. I told Dirty Jersey to draft Chase. Wow. Oh, he's a coward. <laughs> I called him out. He's a coward. Oh, okay, people know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that was the thing I was talking to Johnny. We were talking about Scott Fishbowl off air a little bit and like what our drafts are going like right now. Um, I saw you put the not going like that from Troy with Brad Pitt. Uh, But how, how are you, how have in the, in the recent years, have you had a lot of quarterbacks fly off the board? Cause last year for me, it was my first year in didn't see a lot of quarterbacks come off the board this year. It's, it's been nuts, man. First of all, yeah, Troy's such a badass movie. It's got like, you know, <laughs> four, four or five. Like the, the movie itself is pretty mediocre, but it's got a handful of scenes that are just unreal. Okay. Lamar versus Mahomes. I do lean. I do lean Lamar. Wow. wow. Sound, that's that's the sound true. effects. I want to stab hey. myself right now. You just have to clear that. Yeah. yeah. You got to click that sound button. Oh, uh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They're pretty nuts. Okay. What was the question? <laughs> well, uh, just uh, how your how oh, your Scott Phil, okay. fishbowl draft has been going. Yeah, last twice. last year I tried doing a zero RB and a zero QB, excuse me, with uh, Baker and Fitzpatrick. So needless, oh, and uh, Justin Fields. So yeah, yeah, just really well, yeah, yeah. really great roster I built there. This year taking a slightly <laughs> different approach. I got Kyler at the uh, one hundred five. Was able to get Jamar Chase back around uh, the other end, but man, oh, I nice. was looking. I was looking at the third round QBs. I, I think it's going to be time to pull the trigger. They're there still. The uh, the ADP over there, I think, is doing us a lot of favors. Like Trey Lance and Justin Fields, just absolutely buried relative to where uh, I think they should be. So, mm-hmm. might have a chance to uh, get them later. But the more I've done Superflex and also like in regards to Dynasty, man, just. More times, nine times out of ten, I think if you can get two quarterbacks in the first three rounds, you're just going to be feeling so much better. You get cute because you start seeing the Jonathan Taylors and of the world, you know, falling. But then just, again, but by the time you get to round eight or nine, you have so many chances to load up on the running backs and wide receivers. It's not like a natural way to draft, which I think is the problem. But, uh, yeah, I would say, again, two, two QBs within the first three, if not just going uh, back-to-back at one and two. Where, where uh, with it being a tight end premium in Scott Fishbowl, is there where are you looking to grab your tight end? Because I know that there is a lot of talk at hey, you should wait, you try to get that breakout kind of tight end. Um, or are you one of those that, like, hey, I want to grab one of these top elite tight ends for certain, and then maybe I'll grab a, a two or three or my second or third uh, tight end later on, the ones that potentially could break out. I want to say uh, Kelsey is already gone. Andrews probably isn't too far mm-hmm. behind him. Oh, yeah, they're both, they're both already gone. So I don't hate oh, – and Waller, too. Fuck me. Okay. I was going to say, if, uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if Kittle or one of these guys was going to fall a little bit like they have been uh, over in best ball land, I'm not against kind of getting that uh, you know round or two discount, especially for Kittle, man, because I really do think Kittle uh, – you know, the analogy I always like to use, like if we had a football-style Space Jam game to save the planet, like who's our tight end one? I, think, I really think it's George Kittle. Like he is the really? best tight end in the game and there is a scenario i think where he becomes number one in that offense like he is that good and just like he's only had a i think six touchdowns in like his career high like just wouldn't shock me at all if we just see a complete blow-up season uh from kittle whereas i'm not so sure waller you know playing behind uh Devontae adams just has that uh, same thing maybe i'm not giving debo uh enough respect there but it's just more so how good i think kittle is so usually i i lean much more towards a you know i'm, I'm more of a volume over talent tiebreaker guy but in Kittle's case I'll make an exception is that how you've generally attacked the San Francisco situation uh is is putting your chips in in on Kittle because that's the big thing for me is I I want to believe in Debo's talent as a wide receiver like if you take away the rushing which everybody's getting you know like infatuated with he's actually been an absolute like 
ball baller at wide receiver. So like, but with the Trey Lance, like conundrum, how, how have you kind of been landing on those pass catchers over there? The Lance Ayuk pairing has been really natural in best ball because their ADPs are pretty close to mm. each other. You can kind of get them on the turnaround. So that's been a fun one. I just haven't been getting too much diva. Like I'm taking T Higgins or I'm taking the workhorse running backs yes, in front of him. Yeah, the way things are going right now, like I'm, I'm usually leaving most drafts with at least two running backs in the first three rounds. There's just so many workhorses there. We have the upside guys. And, okay, the wide receivers, like you get through the first first six, I would – first five, honestly, before you have questions. Now, like, yeah, Dev- Devontae, Tyreek, Debo, they're probably good enough to make up for it. But so many guys have quarterback changes. I went through the top uh, 24 wide receivers in the underdog ADP, and I think only 11 are actually playing with the same quarterback that they had last year. So, look, for like Cortland Sutton and Judy and stuff, it'll be a positive. So I'm not saying it isn't. But there's just these questions to the point where I'm like, all right, let's wait and see if DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, or whoever falls, I'll get the sick running back in the meantime. I like that strategy. All right. right I'm going to take Stefan Diggs, not because I think he's necessarily like for sure better than these other receivers, but he's back with Josh Allen, the court, he might be better like to begin with, like who knows? Uh, But yeah, just take the guy with more uh, continuity. We have these guys get traded or they get signed to a new team or they get drafted. And it's all we talk about during the off season. But in reality, just in terms of what's best for their on field path, it's probably the guy that, you know, has just been in the same city he was before training with the same guys he played with last year. Yeah, still has his QB, and yeah, I like what you said there. And you, Dwayne, have, have covered it on the show quite a bit, you know, all these different – like you get into that pocket of these question mark wide receivers before. And I think it's just a good – I think it's a good area of the draft. I mean, obviously we're in super flex, but in those regular redrafts, single QB, like you're looking at a, at a range that you can attack Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, some of these stud running backs that are just sitting there, and then look to kind of just hammer wide receiver uh, as you get further down, which is – which has been good. Um, yeah, I, like I probably would have taken any of the top six running backs. I kind of cut it off after Dalvin Cook there ahead of Stefan Diggs. But to me, Diggs is in that top uh, top four, top five right there with uh, CD, Chase Jefferson, and Cooper Cup. So I love feeling it. good. Yeah. So you went Trey Lance here um, just for the pure Konami code upside to just to pair or. Are, yeah. are you really believe in uh, him over these guys like maybe Stafford or Prescott or even Cousins who are like are kind of a safer play at QB? Dak was the only one that I think I do have ranked ahead of Lance still. But the more I think about it, the more I'm ready to move Lance basically just behind uh, Jalen Hurts. The quarterbacks that have that much rushing ball, they just don't bust. It really doesn't happen. I looked at, there's been like, I want to say 13 instances of a quarterback having 125 plus rush attempts, which like, even if you're more conservative with Lance's projection, because what he did last year is like on pace to freaking break records. He had like 18 rush attempts and one of his only right. uh, two, two and a half extended. Yeah. appearances so like even being conservative off that he's still really clearing 125 with ease the weapons he has like he doesn't even need to be this great passer yet dump it down to any of these guys uh and they're going to be great and like i was saying like 13 quarterbacks had hit the 125 mark only patriots cam newton who at that point could barely throw a football you know 20 yards downfield love cam but let's face it just hasn't been the True. loveliest end to his uh career and even cam was surprisingly like the qb 17 points per game everyone else man was like top 11 and there was just six plus like top five quarterbacks in there so and that was points per game so i wasn't even like rewarding the guys just for staying healthy the whole time like i'm, I'm not buying the jimmy g's gonna be back you've heard kyle shanahan yeah. all off season like no he's not gonna come right out and say it but like 
Kyle Shanahan was telling us that the plan is to trade Jimmy G. Not a report, yeah. not the GM. Kyle Shanahan was saying the plan right. is to trade him. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure Trey Lance is going to be under center. Come week one. My, my favorite has been Evan Silva said that they basically had to force themselves to lock him out of the building so they wouldn't go to him. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. why Shanahan, that's why they're like, hey, don't come to camp uh, at this point. I thought that was pretty funny. Johnny, well, you've, uh, you've started here with Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Kirk Cousins, and then Kyle Pitts. Talk a little bit about your build so far here. It's actually one of my favorite mocks starting out so far. I really like this build. Uh, I didn't think Cousins was going to fall to me. I did want to push back that that QB position. And seeing that Cousins fell to me, it, it kind of worked out really well. Grabbing that Kyle Pitts, pushing off that wide receiver, like Ian was saying, because there is so, such a good uh, you know, pool to, to draft from. And I'm I'm jacked, dude. Dalvin Cook and Na- uh, Najee and the first two get those anchor running backs. Uh, I love it. I wasn't I wasn't trying or planning on doing that. Uh, it just kind of fell that way, uh, and I just ran with it. And so far, I like being it. being fluid. That's always a good strategy yeah. in the draft here. That's a good time in. to get a good time to get Kyle Pitts too. Same kind of thing I was talking mm-hmm. about with uh, after Waller too. Waller and Kittle. Has Kittle even gone yet? What the fuck? I don't think so. No. <laughs> it might yeah, be no. your uh, fifth yeah, round pick. Yeah, right. yeah, I, wanted yeah. to, I wanted to ask you Ian, about your fourth round pick because you've had Edwin Porras on. We had him on just uh, last week. And basically he's like, hey, look, this could be Cam Akers. This could just be who he is. Or we could sit here in a situation and say it may not matter because he's going to get all the volume. And you got your guy, your Space Jam tight end here. But talk a little bit about Akers here and, and you're just, just the upside maybe for him. You know, it's funny as someone that, I'm, you know, I'm – in the best ball streets, basically. I, I usually wait, I wait till like March, but you see yeah. the way the rankings change throughout the offseason. And like after the Super Bowl and stuff, Acres was in a lot of people's like top tens early. And even, you know, if not top 10, usually top 12. And now he's going like RB 18 or 19. So I think all that risk has already been baked into his ADP. And shout out uh, Graham Barfield over at Fantasy Points. I think he brought up the point that it was like, you could argue Cam Akers almost at his floor at this point. Like mm. it's him and Daryl Henderson. They didn't go out of their way to add any meaningful competition the only guy they drafted has now broken his foot and he you know uh i'm forgetting his name one dimensional scat back out of notre dame regardless sorry for forgetting kyron williams there we go thank you so uh again like he was never gonna be a threat to acres and i I think we've already seen with them go to henderson i do think there's a chance that's more i don't know i don't know that he gets the girly role necessarily but that's on the table like that was the plan last year they briefly gave it to him in the playoffs i'm not really worried about the you know porous efficiency you can look at the yards after contact numbers but man yards per carry is the most like overrated stat in fantasy to begin with we're looking at the primary like lead back in an offense that we're all expecting to be top 10 if not top five in scoring so if we can get that guy in the fourth round i'm i'm, I'm very fine with that damn you big travi uh i thought i could wait on sutton one more round dude <laughs> Well, you almost, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was going to take him with one of those picks, but I, this is what we were talking about, like putting wide receiver off. And then if you could tell me I could get two alphas out of here in Sutton and Williams, I mean, I, Williams is that guy that like, obviously he could end up seeding all the work, uh, you know, or, or most of the work to Keenan Allen again, but damn, doesn't it feel good? Like having him on your team. Cause he's just like a badass. Uh, so that's where I'm at. And I think Sutton's in a similar boat where, you know, has anybody had kind of a low-key worse offseason than Jerry Judy right now? It just feels like it's all trending in Cortland Sutton's way. Um, and, so here, and I here's think- the thing with uh, Judy defenders who they, they almost like mock the Gabriel Davis 
stats. I guess that's a thing now. And they're like, yeah, look at the quarterback difference. Look at the touchdowns. <laughs> what, what's Tim Patrick been doing then? Like right, this, right. the whole Judy thing. Just being a badass wide receiver. Yeah. Like, like Tim Patrick has been the best wide receiver on the Broncos over the past yeah. two years. You can take yeah. the first round draft capital. I've seen the route running highlights, but like, that's the thing, man. It's not like, one of these kind of Pittsburgh situations where it's like, man, everyone was struggling. Like the yards per target were down for everyone. You watch Ben. It was like Tim Patrick was out there doing his thing the entire time. And, and Hey, just shout out to you last year when you were on the show, uh, your, your screen name on there was free Tim Patrick. Yeah, and hey. and they did somewhat. And I, <laughs> I agree. People are definitely undervaluing what Tim Patrick does and brings to that offense. Now I think Sutton, definitely has a monster year because uh, I think this is the best quarterback he, he's ever had coming off that second year off of that, that injury. I think you, that is when you see a big jump, but Tim Patrick is a guy that I think people should definitely be grabbing later on in their drafts, because if anything happens to Sutton, you're definitely going to see Tim Patrick take over that number one uh, position role. Cause that's what he has done in the past. So and he, I think he's going to start on the outside with Sutton. Uh, yeah, from I do. Yeah. That's, it's, if you're talking about what we're looking for the most in preseason, and there's a few storylines, but like the yeah. usage of these wide receivers in Denver, like where are they going to put Judy? Because it doesn't just affect the wide receivers. Then we're talking about all Albert O and the tight ends too, because if we're, we're using 12 personnel and we're pulling Judy off and all these different things. So uh, definitely interested in Denver. And you can just see the ADP, like people, you know, in best ball, obviously because of correlation too, which I know is your favorite there. But uh, I think that's also part of what's going on with the ADP as well. Let's see. So you went with Brandon Cooks here. I think it's been kind of uh, he's like the everybody's offseason favorite value. Brandon Cooks here. He's a little um, more expensive than usual, but it's yeah, okay. it's, hey. been, it's been yeah. steaming him up a bit. <laughs> Shout out uh, Houston. The one guy they decided to pay is Brandon Cooks. But you know what? Like, OK, that's, that's fine. Good. It's not like this will piss me off about the Bears so much. Like you couldn't got gotten fields anything. Like, I, I know you had the yeah. backloaded contracts with Khalil Mack. I know you, you're, like, not in a position to contend this year. But when these teams are, like, tanking, tanking, they're doing it so they can get a first-round quarterback to hopefully build around. Like, you have him a field. Let's find out and not just waste a year. Like, for them to only bring in Byron Pringle. All due respect to the Pringle family. But, like, that's the best wide receiver you got. And maybe Beelis Jones is good, too, man. But Beelis, just, I feel like, isn't even going to have a chance until 2023 at the earliest, if they even stick with him still, uh, to be that guy but yeah brandon cooks i mean just the once people start it happens every year like in june because that's when people start doing their like projections for the actual season and you get to the texans and it's like oh shit he's probably gonna get 130 <laughs> plus balls thrown his way and guess what davis mills last year four 300 passing yard efforts might not suck second best rookie qb probably behind mac jones at least from what we saw last year i'm not betting on that being the case by the end of this season but you know what like just because the guy uh uh you know just because he kind of took people by surprise doesn't mean we need to live on the pre-draft evaluation forever you know guys once they're out there playing on sundays let's focus a little bit more on that no i'm with you there and and, uh it's it's funny uh we were talking about fields a little bit off off air before you came on here ian do you you know, I'll let you and Johnny kind of wrap a little bit on this. Are you in on fields? You talked a little bit about his ADP getting buried. Are you in on a fields like, you know, at least from a fantasy angle, uh, you know, kind of breaking out mini breakout this year. As your uh, second QB, I think he's, I think he's great. Cause again, it's one of these guys with the values just really being baked in like Trey Lance is getting to the point where 
talking about putting him probably QB seven overall fields is like 16th. I got fields is in that sweet spot where he's usually going right after that Stafford Rogers cousins car tier. We're like, you feel good about the guys and you're like, well, they're on good offenses. They're, they're, they're a safe pick. Fields is still the one where in his fat in his last four complete starts last year, he ripped off four QB one finishes. Like, yeah, the offense around him objectively is terrible, it also was terrible last year and maybe we can at least get a bump in the scheme or get a bump in the rushing usage because we know fields has that in him so again we just don't really see quarterbacks that have fields prototype as this high volume rusher bust in fantasy football he could always get hurt but even that whole thing about rushing no i saw the uh ridiculous espn poll it wasn't espn who did it it was like nfl executives but left lamar jackson now the top 10 and it was like oh he got hurt last year uh just goes to show you if he can keep it up like there's no scientific evidence that mobile quarterbacks get uh injured more often than statues and dr evan porch has done studies on that shout out fantasy points uh and, and to me like just thinking about it for more than a second like what do you want like a freaking joe flacco type who can't move back there and the DNs can just pick a spot and pin their ears back? Or do you want like the best athlete on the field who actually knows how to slide unlike an RG3? So, man. And, P- and I pisses think, me off, boys. Hey, and then and then <laughs> grind you know, your ears. Yeah, yeah I'd love you know, But that's, a, that's the other thing is that, you know, so many people are on Lance this year as that second year kind of quarterback that, you know, Konami code quarterback that breaks out similar to Hertz, similar to, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. And I'm not saying it can't be him. I, I, I think that there are a lot of indicators that say it could be Lance. But what I, I just think feels because of where he's going, because, you know, not a lot of people are talking about him because of the lack of weapons and things like that. That's very similar, actually, to what Lamar was at, right? When Lamar broke out, he basically only had – Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. Willie, Willie Sneed was his number two wide receiver in his MVP season. So. Correct. And then you look at uh, when Hertz, like Hertz, we were all on last year as the breakout Konami code quarterback. And he had Smith as a rookie and he had Goddard uh, or Goddard as the tight end. Like that's exactly what you want. You want this where there there aren't a plethora of weapons. They're very limited, and then he has to run so much, and then that's where you get it. And so I just think that you know everyone's on the right track, and you know that's that's where we. Yeah, I will say it's like an arbitrage or like a a Walmart version of Trey Lance, in oh, my no, opinion. No, just you got to give him target, man. You got to at least <laughs> give him the target version. Yeah, I, I, I guess Don't. that's fair. I, my yeah. problem is like you comparing him to the Eagles. I think the the talent is a little bit better there, you know, and Devonta Smith and get, go to it. Then we're talking about Komet. Oh, Mooney, you're going to Mooney. Wow, dude. Unreal. Yeah, Devonta Why Smith is a much better him? wide receiver than uh, Darnell Mooney. For yeah, sure. no, that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. But I, yeah, but I think that you're you're right in saying that like, hey, if I can't get Lance or if I don't want to pay up for Lance, you know, uh, then I think that Justin Fields is fine enough. Trevor Lawrence is another one I'm interested in, and I know Ian, you spent some time talking a little bit about Lawrence. Like we are giving other guys a pass, but really didn't give Lawrence a pass. How are you feeling? Like as we've looked more deeper into it, as the off seasons progress a little bit, about a Trevor Lawrence bounce back, about him kind of regaining that clout as that that huge prospect coming out. I mean, look, if, if Jared Goff turned around the way he did, because no one's ever been worse than rookie year Jared Goff. Like, we can't write off Lawrence just yet. But, yeah, I mean, it was terrible last year. I mean, for him to go as long as he did, what, like six weeks or something with, like, literally, like, one passing touchdown. Like, it was 
it was just horrendous. And there were a lot of drops out there on the field, but you know, a lot of people won't admit it, but like Zach Wilson had a better, better rookie year mixtape than uh, Trevor Lawrence. Now Wilson had probably more low lights than Lawrence as well <laughs> out there. But again, it was just, to me, it was surprising. And, and also more girlfriends for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Kings day Kings. Uh, yeah, like, the, the fact that Lawrence like just couldn't even put up like bad numbers is what was really uh, surprising to me. So again, like one, one injury after another, obviously Jacksonville didn't exactly have the world's, you know, greatest surrounding cast to begin with. But I mean, just the wide receivers that kept going down, Visca not really doing his thing, certainly didn't get much, if any help. But like talking about like, oh, is he going to make the same Burrow-esque leap? Like Joe Burrow as a rookie was worlds better than Trevor Lawrence was, better supporting cast. So it's not one for one. But man, I think right now the expectation for Lawrence or the hope should be he like looks like average above average hopefully this year because again that's like my issue i think with um i think when of course the offseason we tend to do this especially with like offensive lines like you know we had two new pieces like oh can they go from the 31st ranked unit to like fit probably not but can they go from you know really bad to something closer to average i think that'd be realistic uh, for the jaguars so i'm hoping they turn into like you know a fun um hopefully a little bit more high scoring like 6 and 11 type team because i still think they're a year or two away i and the other thing, too, guys, I just when you see teams really trying to solve their roster through free agency, I just kind of think it's a red flag here. Like that's that's almost why I've been drafting a little more Wilson over Lawrence. Like you actually look at just what the organizations have done since they've gotten the rookie quarterback. And I know the Jets have been the lock, laughing stock for the longest time, but don't look now. Both these New York football teams have been making some pretty good uh, personnel moves yeah. over the past two years. Now they have all the draft capital and salary cap room to do so. They better be doing that. Uh, but yeah, just. Again, based on what Jacksonville has been doing versus uh, the Jets and these other squads, it's hard to be too optimistic, despite obviously the, as great of a talent as he is. Our guy Zare in the chat says, I'm in the nine spot in Anaheim League with Ian in SFB 12. Insane value is falling, he's saying here. There we um, go. Uh, also see, see saying, in the yeah, he says, Z, Z says, I'm the only Mitch Trubisky supporter in fantasy football. Such low opportunity costs. For yes, starting I'm, I'm with you, Z. I'm with you. I'm, I'm well, in that boat. He just said he's the only one, so you can't, no. you can't even join him. Well, he just didn't look hard enough, I guess. <laughs> uh, I commented on a couple of his tweets where he, he tweeted about uh Trubisky. I, I do think that that's going to be a, a guy that I target in my Scott Fish team, uh, just because the upside is definitely there. Uh, Johnny, you took Ayuk here. And we were yeah. talking about the Ayuk, uh, Trey Lance stack. Maybe uh, Ian incepted you, but I did want to bring up, did. I didn't bring it up earlier, uh, the reception perception. Shout out to Matt Harmon. Much better for Brandon Ayuk than it is for Gabe Davis. You know, we're still very unsure. Obviously, the situation's a lot better, but we're very unsure about Gabe Davis as a wide receiver in the NFL if he's good enough. I think the the situation's good and he's worth the investment. But, you know, Brandon Ayuk sitting there as somebody that's shown us flashes and even down the stretch last year, I, I it's just so hard for me with the unknown of Trey Lance to really figure out what we do with these pass catchers. Oh, I yeah. Uh, Ian definitely talked me on to the Ayuk because this, this is the, you know, true confession here. Uh, this is the first time I mocked and drafted Ayuk this, this whole offseason. Um, so he definitely incepted my brain there and i figured why not he's sick and it really was better in the second half of the year people were getting a little wonky with the split we're like he's a wide receiver 17 it's like quit using that 
you know, week <laughs> seven through 14 split where like half the guys have played, you know, a game or two less uh, than whatever player you're talking you take about. take out but, week yeah. eight and because even do yeah. but even once you do the points per game, he was more of like a borderline wide receiver two, boomer bust wide receiver three. He's being drafted as like a wide receiver four. Sometimes he falls yeah. even uh, beyond that. So I think the and price he was the is red fun. zone. He was the red zone uh, target leader there for yeah, San Francisco. Just, He's just really good. I mean, him versus Gabe Davis, like, I just think Davis is going to have, like, he could have, like, 40 more targets. Wasn't the case in the past, but, you know, we're not playing in 2021. We're playing in 2022 here, people. So. <laughs> yeah. um, Last time I checked, right? <laughs> uh, my sources are correct. Okay. I'm love gonna... the Russell Gage here pick as you as I botched you taking your next guy here. But talk a little bit about how you've uh, – well, you got your guy CPAT, too. Um, just like kind of this eight through eleven range, what you've what we've been able to stack up here. Tyler Ian. Boyd, that's a good one too. I'm at Russell Gage, Alan Lazard, and Tyler Boyd, full PPR. I actually have a uh, article. Okay, I didn't do wide receiver. I have an article coming out tomorrow on what the biggest like. I took our PFF projections and looked at the difference in ranks for PPR to standard and like who has the biggest. Cause you know, we talk about it, but I want to try to quantify it more for some of these running backs, but for the receivers, like Tyler Boyd was really standing out as, and I think it makes sense. It's one of these guys that is really going to, you're going to benefit from having them in full PPR versus anything less than that. And at this point, guys, I know at underdog, he's like the wide receiver 50. I mean, the last two years he's finished wide receiver 36 in a PPR points per game. But if you actually look at the 12, games he's had without one of Higgins or Jamar Chase which obviously was pretty much Burrow's whole rookie year like Burrow has not been afraid to force feed the ball to Tyler Boyd in those instances so I really think if anything happens to Higgins or Chase we're gonna be looking at Boyd as a legit top 24 weekly wide receiver even if not again in full PPR this late he's a perfectly fine guy to throw there in the flex and absolutely loaded offense so love we can get these guys closer to their floor uh, than ceiling Lazard I was cool with them in that spot gauge uh real low adp on sleeper but i mean most drafts i've been in he's been going ahead of chris godwin at this point who just might not even be on the field until november or who knows when so uh yeah gauge lazard boyd not the sexiest three wide receivers you know but again we're playing fantasy football in the year 2022 gotta uh gotta be prepared to be a little bit different sometimes luckily though you know I'm getting, I'm filling up on wide receiver now because we got Lamar, Lance, Diggs, Cooks, um, Acres, AJ Dillon, and CPAT to start. Yeah. So, especially like the AJ Dillon uh, one, guys. Oh, I think, me too, I think Dillon, uh, yeah, I think yeah. Dillon could like honestly come close to having the role that Josh Jacobs and like Antonio Gibson and Miles Sanders already have, like just by fact, by virtue of being probably the number two option in this mm -hmm. Packers offense. Like we'd love saying that about Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon's there too. And man, God forbid something happens to Aaron Jones. Like Dillon's going to be a top five fantasy back. We saw them feature him with that role last year. And like, that's the problem with, um, Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and even some of the other guys I listed, like as good of players as it are, not all these teams are going to turn over this full three down handcuff roll to the second guy up if the starter goes down. Green Bay, we've seen him do that with Jones, with Jamal Williams uh, before, and with AJ Dillon. So I just think Dillon, you know, where he's falling usually in the mid to uh, sometimes low, sometimes late, that just that RB20 range, like. Out of all those running backs, like he's the one where again he's not he's not two or three things away from going uh, right. He's already going to have a pretty decent floor, and the ceiling is the freaking moon. He's a slightly yeah. more expensive Tony Pollard, but for good reason. 
Well, and that's what I was just going to say. I was going to compare him to Pollard because he's all the reasons we love Pollard in fantasy, except for he's actually established a role that grew over time. Uh, If you look at what he did last year, they actually got him involved as the weather. And there's no reason why, you know, see some of these beat reports that say, you know, 500 touches between the two backs, you know, and I think, of course, like look at what they've got going on on the roster. That makes total sense. They've beefed up the – Packers fan here they've beefed up the defense they're gonna be you know drafting uh or not be drafting wide receivers that's what they do they got Watson but I think that'll take a little bit of time they're gonna go run heavy this is probably what LaFleur's wanted since he got there coming from Tennessee coming from these Shanahan trees and I think that's probably what he wants to end up doing uh if we do that uh there Speaking of drafting, though, we've been rocking through this and we're just about finished, but I want to give Whisper Nation a little preview of what we got coming in July, our Mock Draft Marathon, the fourth annual. Let's roll the clip here, Johnny. Marathon. What is this? It's consecutive mock drafts for a total of 24 hours. Requires hours and even years of preparation. Which is a little bit controversial, but... Are you shitting me, Johnny? I didn't plan that, I swear. I can pretty much say 100%. Something that you really love to do. Let the games begin. Somebody came in and stole Johnny and they're hijacking his draft. Oh, he's going to blame it on his 78-year-old neighbor. Damn it, you guys stuck in a super flex. I knew it. Ball is going to taste different than this meatball. That's not that bad from a flex. Outliers decide fantasy Stand out above the crowd. About the same set of 200 players, and it never gets old. Yeah. That's right, July 23rd and 24th. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel for the Fantasy Whispers so you don't miss any of the action as we're back with the best in the industry, mocking for 24 straight hours. We're nuts oh. with it. I know that's coming up quick, dude. I'm already trying to catch up on some sleep, but it's a little hard yeah, when you have a new luck. baby and uh, she's keeping me up at all hours. I guess she's training me well in yeah, that exactly. case, yeah. you know, because like I don't get much sleep right now. So over uh, or under okay. uh, three camera shots for you know being on camera there for Juniper during the mock draft marathon. You're gonna have to take some shifts, I think, during your other shift. Well, no, we're calling in. We're calling in. Uh, you know, grandma the big the big guns yeah yeah, yeah grandma, my sister-in-law the whole family to help out yo good pick by a uh, pizza belly with nine hines also yeah damn it i thought he was gonna fall to me yeah uh, keep falling there he's one of those guys where like okay he doesn't have the craziest because even when, like when marlon mack would get hurt they would split carries with like him and jordan wilkins but even if he wouldn't be like pollard or dylan level he'd still be someone that'd be tough to keep out of the top 24 should something happen to jonathan taylor and you know, he's really good. Uh, I, I, maybe uh, Frank Reich's hyping up a little bit too much, but Hines really is someone where I remember when um, Rivers came there and they were talking about him being Eckler and there's a lot of scoffing, like how dare you compare Naeem Hines to Austin Eckler. And okay, why we could, could compare anyone to Austin Eckler? He's freaking great. But man, Hines, like you guys remember the freaking double backflip yeah, thing, whatever the hell that celebration was like, that dude yeah. is a ball of energy. And if Matt Ryan's going to make him the pass down back, man, he can certainly yes. do it. So, I mean, that's the whole thing is like at first when it came out, yeah, you kind of chuckled at it. You're like, ah, eh, can I, is this smoke or can you really believe? But then you're like, wait a second, you like exo facto connect the dots. So, and you got, <laughs> you got Matt Ryan come over and we're talking about CPAT. That's the exact same thing. You got a, a freak athlete who can catch the ball really well and become a great mismatch out of the backfield. Yes, I definitely am buying in on Naheem Hines. Uh, been drafting him a whole lot, and now they're catching on. I got to start upping it now. Guys, my Jahan Dotson pick, though. 
This is like this year's Jalen Waddle, like the first round wide receiver who's just going so underpriced because we don't love his quarterback. Like all these guys got bad quarterbacks, like except for the second round dude. So we we should have known this was going to happen. And like what people had Dotson going like early second round instead of 16th. Like that's supposed to be a negative that Washington loves him like more than what a bunch of mock drafters had him in April. Like we, we have this weird phenomenon. Same thing with Vilas Jones, like guys go earlier than we expect them to. And all of a sudden it becomes like almost a negative for that mm. player. The dude just got picked 16th overall. Like it's only Terry McLaurin really in that offense. All due respect to my guy, Curtis Samuel. Logan Thomas isn't going to play until October at the earliest. So save me that idea. Like Carson Wentz is not good, but like Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, like just because you're not a top 15 quarterback doesn't mean you suck. We've seen him produce some good passing offenses. And to be fair, best group of weapons probably in Carson Wentz's career. So I know Mm -hmm. it's the hip thing to uh, just shit on Carson Wentz uh, left and right. But man, like Jahan Dotson is one of the cheapest guys that um, is going to get triple digit targets. I just want to draft Jamal. Um, Okay. My my whole point (laughs) now, he could be very well. I just that. You know, that system doesn't produce a whole lot of wide receiver twos that you can consistently rely on. Uh, yeah. I, that's my yeah. only. Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah, famous last words. Of yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a fair point. Maybe I'll start drafting him a little bit more. Uh, this is where he's Jay. going, bro. He's going like behind Jameson and Gallup. And it's like, I guess he didn't in this draft because I'm, I'm in here, but he's just going behind like injured dudes that aren't going to be out there for a bit. And, yeah. Again, at some, at some point, it's like, well, okay, we're, we're past 50 wide receivers. Take the 16th overall pick. Especially in Dynasty. I mean, he got just absolutely yeah. torched in Dynasty uh, drafts. That It was just, like, ridiculous. D, uh, Jersey J wants a shout-out for this league winner with his last pick. How are you all sleeping on DJ Shark? I will say, at least for the first part of the season, it might not be a bad play there, especially if we can see the Lions take the step forward that we want them to do. But taking a step forward into this post-draft talk here, why don't you break down what you were able to do here, Ian, and tell us a little bit about your build here in this Superflex. Again, got those first two QBs, Lamar Jackson, Trey Lance, all the rush attempts on team free Duke Johnson. Running backs, <laughs> running backs. you know, I like to call pretty much everything modified zero RB. This one kind of fits the build. So Cam Akers, first one, round four. Love Dylan. Almost wish I would have gotten a wide receiver over CPAT and gone later, but you know what? He's my guy, so screw it. Got Daryl Henderson. Stacking your running backs, I understand not doing it in best ball, but, you know, we're doing a redraft mock here. So just securing the Rams RB1. Like, we saw Henderson weeks 1 through 11 before he got hurt last year. He was putting up, like, RB1 numbers, man. It was, like, with the workload to do it. It was not a fluke. We see McVay do this with pretty much whatever running back. So feeling good about having the Rams RBs. Then Jamal Williams just uh, continues to be one of the cheapest uh, you know, potential flex with benefits out there. Like really does have a chance to be this year's version of uh, James Conner. I know he's not yeah. switching teams this year, but if the Lions start putting up points, he's probably going to be their goal line back. And he didn't fully take over when Swift got hurt last year, but he was kind of banged up himself. So give him some slack. Got the George Kittle uh, to stack there with Trey Lance. Diggs, Cooks, Gage, Lazard, Boyd, Dotson, I think in full PPR is especially good. And, you know, we got some dogs out there, guys. I'm feeling good about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that take on Jamal Williams there. Not a lot of people talking about that, oh, but even if do. it's a, if, even if it's a poor <laughs> man's like he's got the receiving prowess. I mean, not as as great as a receiver, but he he can catch the ball, which is important. And again, if if the Lions take a step forward, so yeah, Johnny, as also, you go, sorry, real quick, last yeah, thing on for. Jamal Williams. The Lions have hard knocks this year. Jamal Williams yeah. is like the funniest guy oh, out there. Oh like, yeah, he is yeah. going to yeah. get the hard knocks bump, man. His ADP is yes. oh, absolutely. If, if, absolutely. I, if we had like a mock draft for like players that are hilarious and like you'd want to see them on camera more him and him and Jameis Winston (laughs) although although people take I would take Williams a little bit more seriously than Winston yeah but not much dude dude said he was Spongebob or a mermaid a couple times so he's a a little bit out there uh all right as Johnny breaks down his team Ian why don't you take a look at the rest of the field everybody excluding you uh and and see which one's your favorite there and and we'll have Johnny break this down I know we want to get you out of here if you look at uh like look easy daddy I respect doing the zero RB but then you look up and like or zero QB but then you look up and you got Matt Ryan Davis Mills and freaking Baker Mayfield it's just hard to go to war uh with those guys I'm trying to look at uh I think Recreation Nation did the best job of probably executing the early QB and then going to get someone later. I mean, Matt Jones, how many times do we need to see the guy play good football before we're like, he's a good football player? If he takes a leap, I mean, we can see him putting up some big numbers there. And Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones could be the classic, you know, still bad real life quarterback, but actually good and fantasy guy. I, I mean, before Josh Allen became world beater Josh Allen, he was still a great fantasy quarterback because of a lot of the things that Jones does. And if you look at the Giants, one kind of underrated move was their backup quarterback is Tyrod Taylor. Like, they're not bringing back Daniel Jones next year. They will might just run Daniel Jones into the freaking ground and just have yeah. this, you know, fantasy-friendly offense for Jones, maybe Saquon, maybe not anybody else out there. So, um, you know, Marlon Mack, I don't know if we needed him, but Judy, Renfro, Devontae, I'll, uh, I'll go to Recreation Nation as my uh, favorite draft at first glance. Congratulations, Recreation Nation. You win. Uh, pat on the back, buddy. Uh, you, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. I was like, whoa, this, what am I giving out here? Oh, <laughs> fake football, fake draft. Uh, Ian, we, we love you. Appreciate you being on here. You want to tell the people where they can find you and what you're working on lately? Fun time again, guys. Appreciate you having me. Uh, yeah, PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Just finished our team preview series. But you know what? We started doing these things in June. And, you know, aside from a random transaction here or there, they hold up. So if you want a good hour-long report on any NFL football team, go check out those episodes. Myself, Dwayne McFarlane, will have plenty of goodness coming up as well. Catch me on Twitter, at iHeart. It's just keeping it real. And, yeah, great time, guys. Love. Uh, I just love that there's this many people interested in drafting on July 11th at 9 50 uh, p.m eastern like this, <laughs> hey, this, this uh, you know this yeah. act- well, I, I don't want to call fantasy football a sport but like you know this activity guys like tough to beat <laughs> yeah we don't have the pads popping but we got you know the <laughs> the the uh the sound effects of the sleeper mock draft that you love so much i need the pads <laughs> popping get that wow out of here just like <laughs> yeah. Oh, grunting. yeah that's what they need instead yeah this we'll, noise we'll tweet at them for sure hey it makes it makes the people feel good sometimes i that don't aren't used to getting wow when they get a pick you know they're like oh maybe i'm doing something right oh man well we appreciate it it, yeah we're gonna jump into some draft gates but thanks so much for being on brother appreciate Appreciate you guys take it easy appreciate you all right right. hop into this what a a legend there uh and we'll get into this draft here why don't we just uh, start here, Johnny, with with what you what you were able to build here and how you're feeling about it. All right, all right. Through this. 
like I was saying earlier when I like got through, I really like this team. Like this is probably one of my more favorite teams that I've mocked draft so far uh, going favorite. Dalvin. Yeah. Going, which means that it would be probably terrible at the end of the year if I'm looking <laughs> back. Uh, but here we are uh, Dalvin and then uh, Najee in the, in the second, then I got uh, Penny as my third running back all the way in, uh, what was that, the eighth? And then I just hammered Madison in the 12th, uh, White in the 13th, which is kind of coming around on grabbing him later in drafts. Travis says, you know, we worry about Uncle Lenny and his weight. We'll see what ends up happening there. Well, even, uh, even if we weren't worried about Uncle Lenny, true. right? Like Rashad White is the guy, unlike, uh, you know, uh, what was his name? He's still on the team. Uh the uh, guy, uh, oh, that came over from yeah, uh, Geo. No, 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 no. Geo? Not Geo, but the other guy, the guy they drafted. Oh, a the, yeah, ago. dude. The, no, we don't God, talk about him anymore. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, but anyways, I think of all the backs on the roster, White is the one to look like a one-for-one yes. one replacement for our guy, uh, yeah. Lenny. So I want to give and you then, props for that. Uh, and then uh, TDP, uh, I, I like drafting him late just because. Especially last round here. Yeah, yeah be, especially because, you know, and I don't need him to pan out. I can kind of wait and see. Uh, that's what's nice about this build. Uh, so those are my running back uh, class right there. Then my quarterbacks, I got Cousins in the third. Uh, and then Zach Wilson in uh, the 11th. Probably should have grabbed one more quarterback, but it is what it is. We're mocking. Uh, Kyle Pitts is my tight end that I got in the fourth. And then my wide receivers are Pittman, Allen Robinson, uh, Hopkins, Chris Olave, and Brandon Ayuk. So that is my roster. I like it. And so that's all I got to say yeah, about that. That's, he says, yeah, that's all no, I, I, I think this is, a, this is a solid yeah, roster. Or yeah, I think, my, what what do you say? Am I, in the I Wilson scares out of me? The Wilson scares me, and it's in a super flex. I wish you would have got one of the quarterbacks, like even Matt yeah. Ryan. I'd be feeling better about even Baker. And I'm not, you know me, I'm not yeah. a huge Baker guy. Any of those guys in that round or in that range, Jameis Winston. Um, I don't mind that you went Olave. I love Olave, but maybe we're looking at you know a different quarterback in that uh in that range and honestly dude like jared goff over zach wilson like there there are some guys i like just a little bit more um than true than zach wilson yeah i just like the mystery box of zach wilson and i will say the rest of your team though has me absolutely jacked so as long as you can figure out the second quarterback which shouldn't be too hard i know it's a 12 team we'll see what happens there i i would say you're on the bubble uh, with with mostly a playoff team, the the second quarterback is is the is the shifter there for me. Yeah. But I really like the squad outside. I of can that. feel that. All right, Big Travi, let's talk about your team. Yeah, so, so I went uh, QB early and often went Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, but it was yeah, really surprised nice. as the way the the draft kind of fell to me here. So went Mark Andrews there in the third. I think the difference, if you look between where Kelsey went and Andrews went in this draft, is not the same that we've seen in a lot of redraft other leagues. Yeah. So. Really like the value of Andrews falling nearly to the fourth round here. Then got Fournette as my anchor. Went to hammer wide receiver, Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams, Gabe Davis in five, six, and seven. And then Pollard and Stevenson, which I couldn't be happier with as my RB2 candidates in eight and nine. Um, Then went back to the well at wide receiver for a couple picks. Uh, Chase Claypool, Kenny Galladay. Um, and then just the running back situation, I think, you know, to try and fortify what I had going here, Ronald Jones, Khalil Herbert, 
first of all, Jones could be, you know, we've yeah. seen the reports, could be a candidate to win the job. If I'm getting hey. him here in the 12th, that would be huge. You didn't even need to see the reports. Your boy game time was trying to tell you right. all along. Right, exactly. So Khalil Herbert is another one, though, that yeah, I think people are one. sleeping on in a bit in a big way to get him this late um, as a guy that's not just a one-for-one replacement for our guy, David Montgomery, but could be a guy that this regime looks to in the back half of the year and says, yep. is he actually better than David Montgomery? We have to well, take a look. And, and so thing, we'll yeah. yeah, we'll take a look at that. And then Van Jefferson just, you know, Ian talked a little bit about the contingency plans at wide receiver, you know, Tyler Boyd. And I think the cheaper versions of that, of Tyler Boyd, of, of um, our Josh Palmer, Van Jefferson, KJ Osborne, these guys in really good, what we think will be pass heavy offenses that we can then invest in. um, Should something happen to Allen Robinson, should something happen to Cooper cup, Van Jefferson could be in line for more work. So that's what was my attack there. Um, I really am not interested in hearing if you think this is a playoff team, because I know it is. It's really, if it's a contender or not, Johnny. I mean, it definitely. Yeah, I. I mean, I'm. I'm with it because I mean, you got two great quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that could both end up top five, if not right. number yeah, one. Not, yeah. Uh, it, you know, with one of those guys. Um, I and Mark Andrews again, number one tight end. Sutton, I already like Goo Gaga over him. You know, I'm a fan of BMW. So yeah, I. I really like this team. I think that yeah, some things would probably have to work your way, but um, you know, I think you're definitely as of today. You know, July 11th, is that what day it is? Yeah, July 11th. Uh, I think it's a contender, or sorry, I think it's definitely in the playoffs, and it could potentially be a contender depending on things going your way. But, yeah. I'm with that. All right, let's rock through the important ones here. Screw you. Screw you. Screw me. We're talking Whisper Nation here. We'll start with Jersey J, who's been active as always in the chat. Shout out to our boy, Jersey J, flexing on fools. So he goes Josh Allen 1-1 in the second round, end of the second, he takes Aaron Rodgers. Those are his QBs, except for Deshaun Watson in the 13th, t- playing a little bit of the upside play dang. there. It's a, it's we'll a see pretty, what happens yeah. there. I mean, to get him that late, he was, I mean, we're Why just not? a couple weeks removed from him going a little bit higher than that for sure, too. So yeah. looking at the running back position for Jay, he went DeAndre Swift, Brees Hall, Damian Harris, Melvin Gordon. Uh, he got that in the third, fourth, sixth, and eighth rounds. And then he went uh, T Higgins in the fifth as his first wide receiver. Then Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius, Tony, Robert Woods, Rondell Moore, DJ shark. Remember this is a start three. It's a PPR. It's a super flex. Johnny contender. uh, Is he on the bubble team? Is he a playoff team or is he out of the playoffs? I think he, this is a playoff team for me. uh, And then it could be a contender. If we find out, you know, Deshaun Watson is only missing, you know, six games, um, like, or eight games, whatever, or four, uh, and he, yeah. Or four yeah, something, anything less than eight, you know, uh, now if he's the whole season, whatever, you got to drop someone anyway, you got him so late. So it really doesn't matter. It was a good stab. I thought grabbing him that late, there is some concern potentially with that third wide receiver, but again, we're really high on Kadarius, Tony, you know, you know, and depending about Robert Woods, he could be, you know, fairly solid. Uh, we'll see uh, how those injury reports Rondell Moore has a high ceiling and uh, you know, DJ Chark, like he, like you said, there could be something there. People are sleeping on him, but I really like the T Higgins pick for sure. 
So yeah, yeah, it's kind of an good. anchor situation he used at wide receiver. If we yeah. look at the, I think you're right that it is a playoff team. It could be a contender a couple of different ways, right? If Swift hits the ceiling, if Brees Hall is the the feature back, um, you know, Melvin Gordon and Damian Harris, if they kind of do what they did last year, you're looking at mm-hmm. a strong team. He yeah. anchored it down with Higgins, as you said there. And but what I liked it, what he did about his wide receivers. If you take Tony Moore Shark out of it and you say one of those guys should hit, let's hope they do, then you've got T. Higgins, good offense, great offense. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, good offense. And then you've got, you know, Robert Woods, I think, is going to be a huge value. If if everything yeah. goes and trends his way, he's going to be a value again, especially with the Burke stuff. So, yeah, I think yeah. this is a solid play. 100%, 100%. We'll go to our guy, Classic Mike. Dude, I just oh, got to shout okay. out our guy, yes. Classic Mike, here. Let- Get right fantasy network. You got to follow them over on YouTube. Our guy hustles every Friday night. First of all, he's begging me every Friday night to be over there. I I feel bad. I've been going to movies and doing date nights on Friday, but I'll get back on the program. Mike, we love you. We appreciate what you guys are doing him. And I believe it's Anthony over there. Our guys uh, continuing to grind it out. And Mike, Got into Scott Fishbowl this year. Congrats on that. We were talking a little bit about that. So, Johnny, let's talk a little bit about Mike's team here. He went Herbert in the first round, Tua Tungavailoa in the fifth, and Mitch Trubisky in the 14th. He was pandering. He's trying to get your vote here. I can see it already. Uh, But we'll go with the running backs here. He went Mixon, then Barkley, Miles Sanders, uh, Devin Singletary as his running backs. His wide receivers were Keenan Allen, so he's got that stack there. Not that it's hugely important, but it's kind of a fun stack that he he can wait on there. With Herbert, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, Christian Kirk, Jarvis Landry, and Tim Patrick. I got to be honest, it's a solid wide receiver core, but it's kind of like a vanilla ice cream receiving core. But I I think it's really good. I think think vanilla is... Hey, vanilla is the most most bought flavor, so it makes a lot of sense. Tight end, he went Cole Komet here. I don't even know if I shouted out Jersey Jay's tight end now that I think about it. Who cares? Yeah, tight end. Yeah, you hate Mike Pisecki. It doesn't even matter. Anything, definitely do. Um, how are you feeling about Mike's team here? Is he out of the playoffs, playoffs, on the bubble, contender? I think he's I think he's in the playoffs for sure. Uh, and could potentially be a contender with the stack of running backs that he got. And then again, you're talking similarly like Let's say Mooney does hit that ceiling that we think he could get to, right? And I'm a I'm a Elijah Moore fan as well. So Love if Moore. he if he could hit that ceiling like we do think he can, uh, then I do think that this is a potential. Now I haven't really we haven't dove in deep on the other teams. I do think uh, Recreation Nation is is definitely going to be a contender. Um, so I do think he's at least in the playoffs, if not a contender for me. I like the squad. Yeah, I think it's more. It's a little bit. I love. I love the running backs. I love the running backs. My problem is Tua. Yeah, but you have to play the right matchups. What happens if it's just a monster camp for our guy? um, Oh, you know the guy who's third on the depth chart, right? Yeah, but like every everybody starts third as a rookie, you know, especially with Tom. Exactly, and that's where his Um, ass is going to stay. (laughs) I would, I would just say that I'm a little bit more trepidatious with this squad than I am. Uh, so much with Jersey J, but I, I I would agree with you. It's definitely between for me. It's between the bubble and playoff, and I'll give him the playoff nod because yeah. classic Mike's the man. So we're gonna go yeah. with that. Smitty Satow here uh, went Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, oh, as well as Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, and Damian Pierce for his running backs. Yeah, like he went that. Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr in the fourth and yeah. fi- uh, third and fourth round here. 
Uh, at wide receiver, he waited till the sixth round. He got Amon Ross, St. Brown, Rashad Bateman, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, and Alec Pierce. So really trying to play the youth and the upside here. I mean, all of his wide receivers are second second year or rookie wide receivers here. So really big youth movement for Smitty Satel. Uh, tight end, Pat Fryermuth. And oh, I forgot he, he got Marcus Mariota. I don't know if I mentioned it here, um, but he's got him down there in the 13th. So, so Josh, say, I forgot he had yeah, him. And then I he's like, well, he had... got him in the 13th. So, yeah, so yeah. pretty forgettable. No, yeah. uh, Smitty, is, is Smitty's team forgettable or do you like his team here? What, do you, what are you saying? And this one's hard for me because I do. I like the structure of it. I do think Amon and, and Bateman, I I think he might struggle at wide receiver beyond that. Garrett Wilson, I am a fan of, but again, you're tying that to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has to have a big jump up, uh, in my opinion, to sport both, um, you know, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. So, and, you know, and then you're looking at, let's say, you know, Kamara, depending on whether or not he gets suspended, could be a big contingency. So I'm going to say on the bubble with Smitty's team here, but I love you know, the this, quarterback. This, yeah, play. this team though could absolutely yeah. fucking wreck dude oh it i mean be. the thing is is kamara's suspension is a big piece but even travis Etienne there is is kind of that league yeah. winner profile yeah the problem for me is skip Kenneth out Walker. on Derek. well skip out on Derek carr get your other quarterback just a couple rounds later and get me another wide receiver in here yeah because i i love i love what you did at wide receiver if they're my wide receiver two three four i don't yeah. like that i have to rely on amon ross st brown to not only look Here's the bottom line. Amron Ross St. Brown is an absolute fucking dog. Like, you don't do what you did and not be good at football. The problem is, is that target competition's a real thing. And to have DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson out of the lineup with a quarterback that we all say we want to hate in Jared Goff, like, it, we've got to talk a little bit about that. So that's where I'm at with Monroe St. Brown. I think he's a fine wide receiver two to three on any roster. I think that's where he's going to live. But to make him my anchor wide receiver, you're, you're really counting on the Bateman bump uh, well, here as the wide receiver one, which I think could happen. Absolutely. The, thing, the, the but, other reality is too, sorry to cut you off Travis, but the other reality too, is like, God, it, it's not like last year was a fluke for golf. Like golf has produced cup. And right. No, I, I get for that several years. So I get that obviously with better play calling. Now I won't say that I don't like Dan Campbell and what he was able to do in the back half of last year, but yeah. McVay is the cream of the crop. We got to put that in there and, and talk a little bit about that. Sure. But again, I think that this team is, you know, bubble to playoff. It would depend on Kamara. If Kamara's not suspended, you know, if he's suspended four games or less, this is a playoff team. But yeah. if he's not, um, if he's suspended six games or more, you, you could be on the bubble here and looking out. Yeah. Because it's not like you anchored it with a surefire QB. Stafford had the elbow injection. We have play players moving in this Venus team injection super, dude super bowl uh hangover i <laughs> love car, still, you know what's the uh what's the upside there I, so a lot of stuff working here but i do like the build i think he did yeah. well here i mean to your point too just one last thing i like if you would have i'm a big fan of car this year but if you would have skipped on car and got and grabbed t higgins hmm, in that fourth it. And then where you even got, AJ like, Brown, like yeah. I don't love AJ Brown's prospect as like an every week wide receiver one, but I love him better anchoring my wide receiver one yeah. position than yeah. some of the other guys we talked about. So I think he could have been a good hero wide receiver build with mm -hmm. skipping on car there, but we'll yeah. move on. We love you, Smitty. Appreciate yeah. all your support. Appreciate it. 
And Johnny, I'll let you break down Pizza Belly's team uh, here. All right. So Pizza Belly taken. Shout out to Pizza Belly. Uh, taken Jonathan Taylor at the 105. Uh, then he gets Ezekiel Elliott in the fourth round, followed by Antonio Gibson in the sixth. Wow, that is great. Uh, James Cook all the way down in the ninth, and then Naheem Hines in the 13th. That's it was a really good running back class. Well done on sniping those guys where he did. Uh, and then Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott is two quarterbacks. Very good stack there. Then in the uh, fifth is when he grabbed his first wide receiver and he gets AJ Brown. Wow. That was a steal there. Amari. So yeah, he really just played what he just went with, you know, best available. It seems like so got AJ Brown in the fifth, Amari Cooper in the seventh, Drake London in the eighth, uh, and then Tyler Lock in the 11th, Michael Gallup in the 14th. Uh, and then, sorry, oh, I missed uh, Jared Goff all the way down there to add to his quarterback room. Uh, and then got Dawson Knox all the way in the 10th. So, uh, yeah, I like this team. I think this team is a contender uh, team because it's pretty badass. And there's a lot of upside. He, I mean, all, you know, everything was baked in for him, really. Like, they, you know, you could say, oh, I'm not a big fan of Zeke Elliott. Well, he's not, your number two running back that he got in the fourth. Uh, and then if he does fail, okay, Gibson is there. And you can say, well, I'm not on Gibson, but he got him in the sixth as his RB3. That's excellent. So if anything, I guess you could say the wide receiver room could be a little sketch. But even still, I think, you know, I think it's good. I, I really do like this team a lot. Yeah, I think your your worst position you're looking at here is is actually tight end with Dawson yeah. Knox. But yeah. touchdown and upside and then offense, we've seen it before with Knox. So whatever, yep. it's tight end, you know, it's late tight end. And I liked what you said here about look, if wide receivers kind of sketchy, yeah, but Amari Cooper in that offense, target yeah. volume, you know, it it just it's not going to matter. He's going to be the guy they they go to. They're going to have to. Mm -hmm. And London you may not like him as a prospect, just but just by the sheer fact of, again, vacated targets, they're going to have to go to him. So mm -hmm. I think this was a typical middle round, like when you get that middle pick uh, in the draft, you're, you're watching volume or a value kind of fall to you. And I think yeah. that's exactly what happened with Pizza Belly. He did a good job. I think this is a firmly a playoff team with contender upside just based on how things could break for his wide receivers. I, I agree. Uh, go ahead and break down Colin Cook here as well. All right. Uh, we got Pat Mahomes in the first. He didn't draft another quarterback, uh, so that could be a little sketch there. Um, we got Derrick Henry in the second, Aaron Jones, James Conner uh, at three straight running backs in the second, uh, third, and fourth. And then he waited all the way till the 11th to get Isaiah Spiller in the 11th, James Robinson in the 13th, and then uh, Algier, uh, all the way in the 14th. And then the middle of his draft, he went straight wide receivers. He got Deontay Johnson, my boy. He got Marquise Brown, another good pick. Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, a couple injury people that you might have to say, but we'll see about Michael Thomas, Trey Burks, and his asthma problems. Uh, so the wide receiver room does have some problems there uh, for, uh, for him. And then he gets Hunter Henry in the 13th. Dude, I, so... This team, yeah. What do you what do you think? It was auto drafted quite a bit. Uh, I know yeah. it looked like he he got it turned off before the draft is yeah. over, and you could see it on auto here. draft. Yeah, because he didn't get a second quarterback. So let's let's say you take away Isaiah Spiller, you get him that second quarterback. I think this team's a firmly a playoff team. I, I we talk about what he did at wide receiver in the middle of the draft. 
but he took a lot of guys with upside here. I mean, every single one of these guys with smashing upside, in my opinion, I don't know. I'm trying to sound British here, but um, it, it's definitely a great build other than, you know, the second QB. So uh, with that, he's out of the playoffs. Obviously I can't really rank him in there, but I think a path to getting this team uh, in the playoffs would have been drafting that second QB instead of Isaiah Spiller on the 11th or even Traylon Burks in the 10th, uh, giving yourself yeah. a better We'll yeah. talk easy daddy. I know he had some issues too. He had to auto draft a little bit, but why don't you go ahead and break down what he was able to do here, Johnny? I had, he grabbed Austin Eckler in the first, he got CEH all the way down in the sixth, then Elijah Mitchell in the seventh. And then he followed that with Mark Ingram in the 14th. That's a rounds out his running back room. Uh, he grabbed Travis Kelsey in the second round. That's his only tight end that he drafted. And then he got Debo uh, as a pretty good value in the third. Jalen Waddle in the fourth, DJ Moore in the fifth, then uh, waited all the way until the 11th to get MBS. And then uh, my boy Jacoby all the way in the 12th and then Tolbert in the 13th. I like that wide receiver room there. Uh, and then waited all the way. He went zero quarterback here, but then went straight uh, three straight picks in the ninth, 10th and the, uh, sorry, eighth, ninth and 10th uh, with Matt Ryan davis mills and uh my boy baker what do you think i, th I think this is so this one's a bubble team for me just yeah. because of the quarterback situation i do like the build as far as i like the wide receiver room i like the eckler hero rb i think his auto draft screwed him a little bit we know he was in and out of auto draft here probably screwed him on his qb a little bit um and ceh is just i mean in the six i i can see it but still you know, Gibson went a couple spots after him. I'm taking Gibson. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm taking Damian Harris, who went at the end of the sixth, uh, over over Ceh right now, just based with some of the what we've seen going on here. So, yeah. for me, it's a bubble team. I think there's a path to the playoffs, but that's kind of you know we we know what happens when you auto draft, unfortunately. Yeah. Recreation Nation. This was Ian's pick. He kind of uh, on the fly picked Recreation Nation as kind of the best setup here. He went Tom Brady in the first with his first QB, then Justin Fields in the seventh, followed by Mac Jones and Daniel Jones in the 11th and 12th. So really solidifying the QB situation, making sure he's good to go. Uh, at wide receiver, he went Devontae Adams in the second, then Jerry Judy, Hunter Renfro in the eighth, and Curtis Samuel in the 14th. At the running back position, he went Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, and then Marlon Mack in the 13th. Um, and then at tight end, he went Darren Waller in the 4th, Dallas Goddard in the ninth, and Zach Ertz in the 10th. I'll tell you about this team. Like, <laughs> I like the players. I think that he left himself thin at running back and wide receiver based on draft overdrafting mm -hmm. tight end and QB. And uh, Jersey J saying Ian was wrong. We love Ian. We've kind of put him on the spot. He was trying to pick a team yeah. real fast here. I, I would think that if we went through these again, he might not pick it. And that's nothing against Recreation Nation. I think this team starts – it's very top-heavy. You'll be playing yeah. the waiver wire a lot. Um, I think the team is fine to start out the year, but you'll have to be doing a lot of adjustments. For me, um, on paper, you know, we're looking at it. It's probably a, a bubble to playoff team just based on the way he was able to construct it, but it's very thin. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's some really nice pieces. I mean, you could do a lot with trade pieces here and stuff, but obviously yeah. it's not what we're here to talk about. But, um, I mean, if, like, one, a couple, just a couple of moves that different, like, if he would have taken, instead of Jerry Judy, Allen Robinson, who I was glad he didn't because he would have sniped me, but, like, if you put Allen Robinson on this team, all of a sudden, like, that's a way better um, wide receiver group for me than what he's currently had um, and 
and then maybe one other running back somewhere. Like again, if he would have went Rashad Penny instead of like Hunter Renfro. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, starting I mean, those three wide receivers, it gets tough to just roster those four that he's got right, there. Right. But shout out to Recreation Nation. He had yeah. a great. He we were talking about Lord of the Rings uh, drafts and Warrior drafts with him and and Jersey J in the sleeper chat before the draft. So that was awesome. Yeah, that was really Jay fun. Blizzy, former listener leg uh, champion here. He went Cooper Cup in the 110, CeeDee Lamb in the third, uh, Mike Evans in the fourth, DK Metcalf in the fifth, followed by Devonta Smith in the tenth. Uh, at QB, he went Russell Wilson in the second, Jameis Winston in the ninth, and Ryan Tannehill in the eleventh. At wide receiver, oh, I already did that. At running back, he did Je- Josh Jacobs in the sixth. So he waited till the sixth here. He got Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, uh, and then in the 12th, 13th, and 14th, he took J.D. McKissick, Daryl Williams, and Kenneth Gainwell. In the eighth round, great value here yeah. after T.J. Hawkins, and he got Dalton Schultz here, who should be in line for a lot of volume. Yeah. So based on what he was able to do here, Jay Blizzy always usually drafting pretty well. How are you feeling here, Johnny, about Jay Blizzy's team? So this is one of those teams, like as of right now, I'd say he's on the bubble, right? But then mm-hmm. you're looking at this, and this is one of those teams we always talk about, like, yeah, he might be on the bubble, but you, this is a team you don't want to face in the playoffs. Like, right. if he gets in, this is a, a team that could get real, like, real nice. Uh, especially, I love the Daryl Williams so late. Kenneth Gainwell could have some potential uh, in the second year and uh, because, you know, Sanders hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, and then, you know, if Nick Chubb anything happens, which he has bound to happen, um, then – Kareem Hunt could be, you know, a solid running back. So, and then Josh Jacobs, you know, we kind of hate on him, but at that value where he got him, I'm fine with it. So, yeah, I, I think that this team is is probably on the bubble playoff team for me, but it's one of those teams that, like, if he gets in, it's pretty nasty. Yeah, if things break right, if he is able to get in, that's then you're scared, like, yeah, because he things will have hit because his wide receiver. His wide receiver core is absolutely nasty. Like yes. DK Metcalf's my backup. Oh, yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's like, like it's, it's that. That was that's one of those teams. Like if he makes, yeah, the playoffs, I agree. Pizza I'm Belly. scared, and I would go to church if I had to. Yeah, uh, Pizza Belly saying he should have went running back instead of Metcalf. I think that would have completed it there. J.K. Yeah. Dobbins, I don't know about, but if you're looking at you know Gibson there yeah even if you put Gibson there yeah I don't even if you reached for a Miles Sanders or anything like I I think that's a little bit better as far as depth and what you're able to do there all right bringing it home with our guy Don Flick last but certainly not least he went Justin Jefferson at the 111 Jamar Chase what a combo here uh, Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill in the first second and third he then goes Javante Williams and Jake I mean talk about a pure ceiling play for your first five rounds six (laughs) rounds with Terry McLaurin there so then he uh this is where obviously you kind of make up for going so so big such big swings here trevor lawrence um well let me finish out his wide receiver so he went terry mclaurin in the sixth round after that mega stack of the three uh bosses in the one two three there then sky Moore in the 11th and then uh jameson williams in the 13th so again just pure upside here running back in the fourth and fifth went javante williams jk dobbins then chase edmonds in the ninth and michael carter in the 12th um at quarterback Trevor Lawrence in the seventh, Carson Wentz in the tenth, and Drew Locke in the fourteenth, um, and then at tight end T.J. Hawkinson. So Johnny, I mean, as at skill position, you're salvating at a lot of these guys. 
but yeah. did that leave him too thin at quarterback and maybe tight end that you're scared off of this team? Where do you, where do you have him? Is he on the bubble, you know, in the playoffs contender or, or, uh, you know, maybe outside looking in this. Okay. Shout out to Don flick because he's been doing some like different stuff with his draft, like truly using mocks to try different things. And I actually, I normally kind of hate, hate on like the different stuff he tries, but on this scenario, I actually kind of like it. Like, I do think it would be, he would be on the bubble for me, but he definitely, I think gets in, uh, based on the high, high upside of some of these guys, like, dude, like there's going to be weeks. You're just going to be, if you're facing him, you'd be so pissed because it'd be like, Oh, you know, you'd get your sleeper notification. It'd be like Tyreek Hill catches a 50 yard bomb. Oh, Jamar chase catches a 50 yard bomb. Oh, Justin Jefferson, two touchdowns. And you're like, I'm out of it, dude. Like, I don't care who you're playing. Like you're out, you know? So, um, and you know, he does have some question marks with Dobbins and, but I think, uh, uh, you know, chase Edmonds is a very good value. I think Michael Carter, again, a good value. So, I think he's got enough to get, you know, he'll be on the bubble for me. Um, but again, this is one of those teams that like. I was going to look and see because he wasn't the only one who was like some of the auto drafted. Do we, can we see the auto drafted? No, no, no. I was trying to see what QBs were left because that's my big question when you're weak oh. at QB is like what's on the roster, uh, what's on the waiver, I mean. Um, oh. So, I mean, Jimmy I think, this, yeah, there, that's another one that could, could land. Um, I think that this team, you know, I think I'm with you. I, I'm pretty much with you. It's a it's a bubble to playoff team. Could be an absolute smash. Should they, like if Trevor Lawrence takes a step and Wentz is just kind of what he was last year, like you're probably fucking like a contender with this squad. Right. Because, but the well, you know there there's questions for sure. Javante with the split, J.K. Dobbins with the you know not just the ACL but the PCL kind of stuff or the MCL stuff. Edmonds, I love. I think he's a great upside shot. Carter yeah. could give you a floor in that offense as the pass catcher. I mean, I think mm-hmm. there are just some some really good pieces here, but it comes with its questions, of course, which would, is going to happen in a build like this. You know, I mean, yeah. you absolutely anchored your wide receivers with with two of the best three in the game. Yeah, it'd be there would be some really fun weeks for sure. As Mike said, yeah, Dobbins injury scares me, especially with what Doc said last week. Guys, yeah. we are rocking and rolling, had our some of our best numbers here at the end. We appreciate you guys rocking with us. Walker Base coming back in. But really, Jersey J, Pizza Belly, Calvin Brown, uh, everybody, Albert that was in here, Austin came rocking through. We appreciate uh, we appreciate everybody rocking with us. Ian on the on the show tonight. So make sure if you missed any of it, you go to the uh, you know you, you hit the subscribe button, you rewatch the video, you go to Spotify, you go to Apple, you get the download. Johnny, you got any last words before we send Whisper Nation on their way? Make sure you catch Thursday's show. Make sure you subscribe to the show. And also, one last thing. I know you said one thing, but here, there's three. Uh, <laughs> always make you. sure, yeah. hey, make sure, because we're going to be doing a 24-hour mock draft marathon coming up yes. in just like two weeks, uh, Travis. So, uh, yeah, that is get some sleep for that, guys, because we're going to be going mocking some of the best in the industry, and you could join us just like you can join us every Monday. Hell yes. And Mike saying, getting ready for his show. Make sure you follow Get Right Fantasy Network over there as well. And all the other ones that are in there. If you're not in Scott Fishbowl, get out there on Twitter and get yourself into it. It's it's a great thing. It's it's rocking and rolling right now. A great cause, too. Yes. Uh, Fantasy Cares is an absolute smash of a cause. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, for Austin Sierra, who couldn't be here today, but he'll be here on Thursday. I'm Big Travi. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. 
Peace. Peace. Right here. Hey, do you like mock drafts? We do too. You can come back every Monday and mock with us. Check out one of these videos and make sure you're liked and subscribed.